It's official. Rooted, a gentleman's podcast, has a sponsor. Bedlam Vodka, located in Durham, North Carolina, made locally, sold nationally. It's an old Irish spirit distilled from rice to banish the burn. Hashtag bring the bedlam. And here we go. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the cellar, and the vault. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause. I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby. I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the cellar, and the vault. With my friend Chris, I'm the best, the military veteran, gun specialist, and enthusiast, I would say. And uh, a lot of people are talking here now about gun control with the Las Vegas shooting seems every week or two there's a shooting in a school or somewhere and as somebody who grew up in a military family and with a lot of family members who hunt and routinely use guns very safely I felt like it's something that that side doesn't get a chance to state their point of view a lot and Chris is someone I have known for probably like seven eight years at this point I respect his opinion on this he knows a whole shit ton more about it than I do and wanted to give him an opportunity to kind of speak his piece. Um, this is going to be part of a series, going to interview other people from different backgrounds and ask them the same questions and uh, just kind of provide some different perspectives. I think it's helpful for people to see how the other half lives a little bit, you know. So, Chris, introduce yourself. How would you describe yourself, man? Um, early 30s, white male, uh, former military, uh, worked in law enforcement, um, I teach shooting for a living. I'm a range master on a, on a shooting range. So, you know, I shoot a lot of times seven days a week. You know, I'm with the public shooting usually on Fridays and Saturdays. I have yeah. people from all walks of life come out and shoot, you know, everything from guys who've never even handled a firearm before to law enforcement, military guys who shoot, you know, regularly. So, yeah. So, okay. Thank you for the description, sir. So, like I said, we're going to go over kind of a series of questions. You and I talked about these a little bit beforehand, so I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, they're getting caught off guard with what's <laughs> happening. I don't think that's really helpful to have a discussion to blindside somebody or like have a gotcha question or any stupid shit like that. So there's going to be none of that. Chris knows what questions I'm asking, and I think this will be helpful for people to kind of understand where he's coming from. So first question was, you know, I asked you to describe yourself. You are a early thirties male, you know, you former military guy and I think that a lot of people hear that and that you're a gun enthusiast and have their mind made it up on who you are. Right. So then, you know, question two for you is, where are you from? I'm from Charlotte. Okay. I'm uh, from large city. I'm pretty much from, in, you know, a lot of people say they're from Charlotte. They're from the, the surrounding areas. I lived in Charlotte. Yeah, not Concord. No, no. It's five <laughs> miles from downtown. So Okay. And so growing up, you mentioned before we started recording, you went to a school where as a white kid, you were not the majority. No, no. I was the only white kid in most of my classes. Yeah. Ransom Middle School. Anybody who's from Charlotte will know, know what Ransom's go. all about. Ransom so, Advance. So it's, yeah, I was definitely the minority there. And would you say that that um, kind of shades how you feel about the world around you? To an extent, you know, yeah. I can, you know, see how people can feel different by not being the majority somewhere, you know. Kind of helps you put yourself in someone else's shoes a little bit to and an say, extent. hey, you know what, if they're, they may not be understood quite fully because they're not given the chance yeah yeah no that's fair and you lived in charlotte longer than anywhere else right uh pretty much grew up there and then i've lived i've lived in like north went carolina. to school there till 18 19 yeah. ish yeah. and then moved on and mm-hmm. lived all over north carolina and currently live in what's we'll called rural north carolina yeah. yeah 
Um, how would you describe yourself politically? Like, um, do you identify with a party or an I ideology? I, I don't agree. I don't. There's not one party that I would say that I'm completely uh, with, but definitely more Republican than than anything else. Okay. Not super conservative. You know, like I said, like we were talking earlier. Yeah. I think you should be allowed to be a gay married couple who smokes marijuana and has an AR-15. And that might shock a lot of people. A guy who works at a gun range and loves guns doesn't give a shit about marijuana getting legalized. No. Doesn't give a shit about gay people getting married perfectly for it whatever yeah. makes you happy exactly and from my experience with you and correct me if i'm wrong you've always struck me as more libertarian than republican yeah, definitely and you don't want the government involved in things they really don't need to be involved in exactly they they try to regulate the the way people interact with each other and it doesn't work yeah it, 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 you just look anywhere and it doesn't work um i think people should be allowed to to enjoy their freedoms and to enjoy being a person Life's yeah. a short thing. People should be able to enjoy it how they want to, as long as it doesn't influence other people's lives. Do your own thing. Keep to yourself. Have a good time. Yeah, and don't, don't ruin anyone else's good time. Like, exactly. If you're going to have a gun, that's cool, but don't yeah. go shoot it in a crowded area. or be Right. Just, if you want to smoke marijuana, don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. If you want to smoke pot, smoke it at the house. Don't get high and go out and drive around. If you want to drink alcohol, he's look at the numbers. You talk about gun crimes and everything get else. Get an Uber. People that get die. Get a fucking Uber. Exactly. The people that die from car accidents, drunk drivers, the amount of alcohol that's sold and how many people die of alcohol is more than anything else or smoking cigarettes. If you want to yeah. smoke a cigarette, it kills, you know, it kills a lot of people. So if you want to do these things, know, the, know the, the possible, you know, consequences. Yeah, and you're an adult. Again, be an adult first off. Yep. Second, make the decision for yourself. Yeah. The government should not be in those decisions. And I, I'm with you in your personal life. Like I'm even, I'm not pro polygamy, but I'm not anti polygamy yeah. either. I really don't have it a It has side. no influence on my it, life. Correct. And that's where I come down on a lot of the social issues is why the fuck would I have an issue with this? Because it does not affect how I have to get my bills paid right. and how I have to go about my life. Exactly. It, and a lot of, I mean, you look at a lot of these people that are completely against something, they have nothing else in their lives. That's what they spend all their time on is being against something. They spend Correct. more time focusing on a thing that they don't like than they would if they just went about their normal lives. Correct. And it's like it's kind of funny because, like, on the last podcast, I defended Trump a little bit and gave, like, a, I'm going to defend Trump warning for everybody, yeah. you know. So he was making fun of Pence, and I don't know if you heard about that. He's making fun of him about the way he feels about gay people and abortion. And, like, Mike, seriously, even if they outlawed at the federal level, the states are going to do what they want. You've yeah. wasted your whole life on this. And it's kind of funny to me because that's, to your point, exactly, exactly nail on the head because you've wasted so much time focusing on something that how, how many times do you really think Mike Pence has needed an abortion? Right. It's not, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a him problem. And with the abortion thing, you know, people, they're so against it. Especially, it's, it, us, it it's usually a Christian the, ideology exactly. or it's some sort of monotheistic religion ideology. It's their religion coming into it. And there's supposed to be a separation of, of, of church and state. And I'm all about that. Me and too. a person who cannot separate their religious beliefs from what's morally right and wrong, to me, shows their inability to properly hold public office. Correct. And then, like, there, you know, you mentioned public office, and I didn't plan on this coming up, but... The guy running for Senate, I believe, in Alabama, Roy Moore, mm. and talking about how Muslims shouldn't be able to take the oath. That's fucking ignorant yeah. and anathema to what America was founded on. Exactly. And I don't care what you are, your background is, or religious. I'd prefer you to not be religious because for me as an atheist, it's something that 
I feel like your beliefs get shoved down my throat all the time. And and, and that you know that goes back to being able to enjoy your personal liberties. Yeah. I think you should be able to be any religion. And in all that's honesty, what that you, literally you, is the bedrock of exactly. this. Of before that's we even thought we of it to here. be a country. <laughs> That is the bedrock of the reason people left Europe. It's called the land of the second sun, you know, and the land of religious freedom. Yep. You had the Quakers and people coming here because they wanted to practice. To do whatever you want. And do your own religion, but at the same time, don't force it upon me. Correct. You know, and a lot of the people that are against gay uh, marriage and, and, and the gay lifestyle and everything, a lot of them are like, oh, it's always forced on me. Well, it's because you're looking for it, you know. I don't feel like it's forced on me, and I live in a city that is very friendly to the yeah. LGBTQ, whatever other letters are at the end of it. I forget. It's getting Alpha longer. Soup. Yeah, but I feel like I don't really come across that. I have a gay brother-in-law, yeah. and I don't like his joke to us all the time is act gay in public, which means like don't show affection, don't show public displays of affection. Just be a fucking person. Exactly. Be a normal person. And, and and that's where people, and you know, I don't. I'm not all about public acts of, you know, affection and kissing and making out in public because it's just weird. There's no point for it. Yeah, and it's then, one thing to give them a peck, hold hands, put your arm around somebody. Right. Great. But if you're going a lot further than that, it's just sort of um, rude Yeah. more than anything. And, you know, I brought up this analogy one time. Some people might not like this. I said, if you dress like a drag queen and parade down the center of the street and then people yell things at you, well, you are... You're putting out something. You drew a bunch of attention yeah. to You're yourself. You're looking for that 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 return yep. energy to come back towards you. Just the same as people open carrying AR-15 into uh, Chipotle. You're doing it not to. You're doing it to, to elicit a reaction. Then when you get the reaction, you're butt hurt about and it. And you're, you're shocked. Like I can't believe I carried an AR-15 into Applebee's and people didn't like it. Well, yeah. no shit. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. But you should be happy no. if you live in a country where you don't have to. Exactly. You and know, there's like, other places in the world you do. You should be happy to be able, or you should be able to go into a restaurant, relax, and chill. It's one thing to have concealed carry on yes. your hip and a pistol right. or a handgun. That's a different thing than bringing in what a lot of people, and I'm, this is air quotes, machine guns or yeah. automatic rifles who don't really know what they do. Yeah. And a lot of them are short burst rounds, semi-automatic rifles. Yes. Which there's a big difference. Huge difference. And, and and so please explain to me and everybody, what is a bump stock? Bump stock is one thing that I've actually banned on the range here. And I think you should be able to own pretty much whatever you want to, to an extent. It's mainly because, they're to me, they're unsafe. Uh, okay. The way it works is, uh, by ATF definition, a semi-automatic rifle has to be able to fire only one shot per manual pull of the trigger. You have to, it has to manually recock before another shot's fired, which means the trigger has to go forward. It yeah. resets the trigger, you can shoot again. With a bump Instead fire Instead of stop, just squeezing, squeezing the trigger. Squeezing and holding. Anything that fires more than one round with one pull of the trigger is considered fully automatic and is illegal. Okay. So the bump fire stock, when you... And, and a lot of people, I just want to say this, because a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of automatic handguns, and people don't think of those. Like, you can make handguns automatic. Yeah. You, and and people think of that as less dangerous for some reason, because it's not more. a machine gun. But it's actually way more dangerous, because yeah. you can conceal it, right. and you can do a lot more damage. You can have extended clips in there, and you can do yeah. quite a bit with that. But the, the, the chances of you running into a fully automatic weapon, you know... From a law law enforcement perspective, you're never going to see it. Yeah. And the ones you are are illegally obtained. And we can talk about how you get machine guns yeah. and all that stuff. But the bump fire stock, when you when you basically what's happening is the 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 weapon itself is bouncing back and forth, and as it bounces back and forth, the trigger goes forward and the recoil makes the rifle go off a second time. It, you have to hold the gun kind of loose. It's unsteady. It goes all over the place. And so less accurate. It's too. a lot less accurate. Yeah. You know, but uh, 
you can own fully automatic weapons. They were banned in 1986. No more fully automatic weapons are, are available to the civilian population. But there were all those machine guns that were before 1986. Yeah. And you can purchase them. And I have friends who have them. And, you know, like the one machine gun we shot out here last Monday was, you know, upwards of forty-five dollars to $50,000 machine gun. Okay. It's a bunch of money. And you have to file special federal paperwork, and you have to go through a background check that takes between six months and a year, sometimes longer. It's extremely. Said you have to get the little tax stamp you thing get a stamp or whatever. Yeah. It's an actual stamp in the mail. It's a tax stamp like anything else. It yeah. costs two hundred dollars to do the background check and everything. But when you look at these machine guns, they're all in a registry. They know exactly how many of them there are. The number's always going down. I was gonna say they have a VIN number, and not it's not a vehicle identification, but they have a serial number. Yeah. In the same way you would have on electronic devices, cars, right. so you can identify them. So all all these are you know they're they're in. The ones that are in private hands, they know where they are. They know who owns them. They're extremely expensive. I mean, you cannot get into a fully automatic weapon, even you know some of the cheaper, not great guns, for anything underneath of about $8,000. Okay. So the people who own them are not the people you have to worry about owning them. You know, the friends of mine who have machine guns, one of them is a business owner. Uh, he, he was a law student. Uh, another one of my friends is a, a, a plastic surgeon who owns them. Yeah. I and mean, these are, you know, the people that... Well, even like the dude in Las Vegas, like the guy was a millionaire. and Yeah. His brother, a lot of people gave his brother shit for the interview he did. And I'm like, first off, let's just give the guy a little bit of space. Because if your sibling yeah. killed 58, 60 people, I can't remember what the final tally was. But a lot of people injured upwards of 600. You'd probably be in a little bit of shock. And you'd yeah. probably maybe not be at your best and hope people would give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I, I feel for, I genuinely feel for that guy and his family and people are saying, well, he has a criminal record. So the fuck what? He's still a human being. Yeah. And the brother, I don't, I think he's a little bit off balance too. Just watching he, him in the interview. Agreed. He, he's not, um, you can just see the way his eyes were moving and stuff. There's a lot of, there's a lot going on. There. Yeah. There's yeah. A, lot, a lot of moving parts going on with that. But he was somebody who, to my point was more that he could afford those things. And so yeah. it, we talked before he started recording Shooting is a very expensive hobby. It is. And so it's it's a hobby and it's something that people do like any other hobby at different levels. Right. And the people who can really do it with the higher end stuff are people who have a lot more money. Right. Because ammunition isn't cheap. No. Now like a thousand rounds of the the rifle ammunition, like AR fifteen ammo. I mean the cheapest you can find it for right now for decent stuff is like three hundred dollars a thousand. Yeah. So that's pretty expensive. And so you're not if you're struggling to keep the lights on or something or right. you know, pay your cell phone or keep your car from getting repoed, you're not going out buying right AR fifteen rounds. Right. You just so aren't. we're talking about this street level drug dealers that live in the inner city and you know they're they'll have an, a machine gun. No, no, they won't. You know, will they have an AR fifteen? No, they won't. What they'll have more than likely will be a stolen pistol. And yeah. It's the same pistol that goes from one guy to the next. The gun gets sold and traded off, and it stays in a circle. And those yeah. are the real people that the ATF needs to be going after. That's the that's the gun. That's where gun crime comes from. You know, when they find these guns, they can link some of these guns to multiple crimes. Yeah. And it's not the same person committing all these crimes. No, it's, it's gun travels. It's it's something that if they're in a gang or in a group, right. uh, and gang is a different term for it, but ultimately, like the mafia gangs, all that stuff, they are criminal enterprises right. who are eliminating threats to their criminal enterprise right. however you want to look at that whether it's a street level drug dealer or if it's a, a bookie down the street cutting into their profits that is what they're doing yeah and 85 percent of that crime that's happening in the inner cities is all drug related or you know, gang turf but that right, typically goes back, back to, to drugs. drugs exactly and what drugs you're allowed to sell Who's and to sell where there. you're allowed to sell yep. it who you're allowed to sell it to how much of it you're allowed to sell 
and people may be shocked, but they have meetings like board meetings about mm-hmm. that stuff where the leaders of these um, criminal enterprises come together, discuss what they can do. Well, they run the a same chain of command. They run com- a chain of command just like in the military. They do, and they have a monopoly, yep. and it's intentional. And that's where I go back to the you know kind of libertarian mindset on a lot of that stuff. Legalize it. You shine some lights on that shit. It drives the cost down, and you eliminate the appeal because there are people who are addicted, but there's also a lot of people who do these things because they are illicit and they're not allowed. And so that's something you used to drink when you were a kid. Before you turned 21, drinking was fun. I yeah. turned 21, I was like, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you just buy it, and you have beer in your fridge, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But like, if you're like 17, and there was alcohol around, you felt like you had to drink it, because yeah. you didn't know the next time you'd get it, and like you- got a funnel. You didn't understand how much of it you could mm-hmm. handle, how you should eat, anything like that. And as you get older, you're kind of like, that's stupid. Why would I drink 15 beers? Like, no yeah. no thanks. I want to be able to get up the next morning and function, because I'm an right. adult. <laughs> I, st- I, you know- I enjoyed drinking when I was younger and everything else. I don't drink anymore now, and a lot of times it's like I could go out to a bar and spend 60, 80 bucks and have a good time tonight. Yeah. Or I could spend on ammo and go to the range and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, priorities. And it's priorities. And, again, it's something that it's what you enjoy doing, and as an American, you should be able to do what you right. enjoy doing as right. long as it's not hurting anybody else. You're going to stay at home. You're not going to get drunk and beat your wife. You're not going to jump in a car and go out and kill a family of 12 in their minivan. Yeah. Hey, sit at the house and have a couple beers. No big deal. Have fun with it. You or know? smoking pot for that yeah. matter. You know, if you look at law enforcement, you can talk to a bunch of cops and all, you can ask the same thing. How many times have you shown up on a, you know, to a crime scene where something violent just happened, where a father and a son got in a fight at Thanksgiving yeah. and stabbed each other and were they high on marijuana? Never, they were drunk. Yeah. You know, people get high, they want to sit around, you might argue over who ate the last funion while you're watching Bruce. And people Almighty. talk about, you know, getting high and having couch lock. Yeah. And like the that's because they're just sitting there watching TV or playing video games or having a really in-depth conversation about that Funyun. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> what do you think this Funyun's of? Or stupid shit like that. Yeah. So that, again, I'm, I'm all for them legalizing that. I don't think they should legalize heroin, no, per I mean, se, yeah. but I do think that if there are benefits to things, they should research those. Right. And I want them to kind of back away from the issues on research, but that, that's a whole nother topic. But that's kind of gives you some background, you know, and lets people know where you're at, that you're not some lunatic right wing fringe gun nut who wants to kill everyone and hates minorities and gays and all that shit. So I just want to do that. So I I, this uh, another question I want to ask more for background of did you vote in the last presidential election and did you vote in the last local election? I didn't. You did not. Okay, And I just moved to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't registered to. It was kind of a. And that, that happened to me when I first moved to North Carolina, too, because I waited too long to register. I didn't realize there was an election coming up in 2005 and then was like, well, shit, I, now it's too late. Yeah. And I would love them, on a side note, to allow people to same-day register if you can prove who you are and all that jazz. Right. Then I want the most people to vote that are eligible to vote. I hate that because I don't like uninformed voters, but at the same time, that's not really my my ball of wax you know that's not my thing to dictate people need to be you need to be educated on who you're voting for and what they stand for because the local guy does affect your life on a much oh definitely more more often they affect your life than someone you know i'm all pro i'm I'm pro gun ownership let's say the local you know the local uh government decides hey in this county firearms are illegal you know, I mean, you're going to move exactly. or you're going to vote against it to keep them from right. doing that. Yeah. So you've got to pay attention to what's going on at a local level. That stuff usually affects you on a, a much greater daily level than mm-hmm. anything else. 
Um, in the last election, you said you voted. Who did you vote for? Trump. Okay. So why did you feel he was the option? I think I know the answer, knowing you, but please explain if you don't mind. He was different. And I think that's everybody was so shocked that he got he got elected. And all the polls said that you know Hillary had all these people. It's because everybody who said that was with that side, and people are so polarized now, anybody that was on that side that was going to vote for him yeah. was instantly demonized. Yeah. So when you ask people, oh, who are you going to vote for? People would either lie or not tell you. Or so, say, you know, I don't think I'm going to vote exactly. or something of that effect. And those people went out and voted for Trump, and that's why he got elected. Uh, he's different. Even even to the Republican Party, who he, who he went. Well, he antagonizes them. Oh, yeah. He's for shaking things up, and they need to be shook up. Everything is so stagnant. It is the same people who have been up there so far out of touch. They've been in public office and, for and that, so long. And that's on both sides. Oh, definitely. Yeah. These people, their lives are to be a politician. That's all they've done. They're not the regular person. They're not doing a good job of representing us as normal people, what we see, because they've never done it. And like the healthcare debate's a perfect example of that, where you see polls and you also see people calling in to their right. representatives and saying like, hey, it's not, people don't like Obamacare a lot of the times because the name Obamacare, right. but a lot of people, especially poor people in rural areas and poor states in the South, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, like places like that, the North Carolina didn't accept the federal money, but they're, they were, they rely on that and they need it. And I don't think it should be taken away from them. But you see, you know, the other side of it is a lot of people think the government also shouldn't provide that. Right. And the government's terrible at most things. There's not a lot of things that there, – there are things that the government's bad at. And stuff like that, there's going to be so much money that's going to be wasted. On bureaucracy, on bureaucracy and yeah. unnecessary the, positions and things like that. And you look at you – you don't need to go further than the VA. Yeah, exactly. So they treat veterans like shit and wait for them to die a lot of times. Private time. industry is based on money. Making money as efficiently and as quick as possible. Money yeah. in, money out, making things work. No feelings, nothing. Right. It's, so it's cash. a lot of times the public sector will do a better job of doing these things than the government will. Um, the, the counterpoint to that on healthcare is obviously the profit motive. And I feel that the profit motive should not be something in healthcare. If it were there, I think it, it needs to have some element because you, if there's some, if people work harder to make cures and treatments when there's money to be made right. on it. However, a lot of the drug companies now have gotten into more treatments of symptoms as opposed to cures for Oh, of course. It, make, it makes a lot more money. And, exactly. I mean, one of my business partners is a pharmaceutical research physician, and we have had yeah. long conversations about that. There's a lot of money in healthcare, and there needs to be a lot of reform. It, it, it's criminal what they're doing, what yes. they charge. My wife works in healthcare, and I have not had insurance before and had to go in you know, and I'm, I was in the, I went to the, to the doctor's office not long ago. I was in, I went to the emergency room and I was in there for like 12 minutes. It was the fastest I've ever been in and out of emergency yeah. room ever. And, yeah, I, and that's shocking because I've been bill. in ER several times. Yeah, yeah. This, this went pretty well. I was in a lot of pain. I went in, I was hurting and uh, I was in and out within 12 minutes and I got a bill for $1,800. That's fun. You know, and, yeah. and that's me paying it and I'm going to pay it because it's my bills. I'm not going to expect the government to step in and that comes out of everybody else's pocket because a lot of people say, oh, let the government pay for it. In reality, they're saying you're paying for it and everybody else is paying for it. And, and it's something that uh, I think you probably realize this, but a lot of people don't realize that they're like, well, I don't want my taxes to go up. But let's say your taxes did go up and the government provided health care the exorbitant amount of money you are paying for health care right. then goes away. And right. so that's where a lot of people, I think, if they were able to 
show them numbers and say, listen, you're paying $300, we'll say, a month for health insurance for yourself, 1200 for your family or 1000 or whatever. If we do it this way, we'll raise your taxes $1,200 a year, but you're covered, and you don't have to not go when you're sick and decide, do I want to pay this copay? Have I met my deductible? Right. You can actually go when you're sick. And so there, there's that element to it. Right. And uh, and that should be factored in into people's thought process. Exactly. And I think there's a way that the government and private industry can come together, do a lot of re, uh, reform in healthcare, where the money yeah. that's being spent on healthcare goes to the care of health. You know, I mean, it, some of these industry, you know, some of this. Uh, a lot of it goes to malpractice insurance. Exactly. It, which that's another that's thing. A, a whole nother. Everybody's so happy and they want to get instant yeah. money. And at the same time. Which is a, a big reason I do not like the president and didn't wouldn't vote for him because he is one of the most litigious citizens we've had. Yeah. And that that's a different situation. But that that's something to me that I don't think a lot of things get solved in a courtroom. No, no. I, very, very rarely, and a lot of times when it's a doctor doing his absolute best to save a life, and then it's scaring a lot of people out of health care. It is. You know, and like OBGYNs, when I worked in Charlotte for one of the hospitals there, there's like four OBGYN doctors or something that work all the Charlotte area because they're health And they insurance. just rotate around. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. their liability insurance is so expensive. It costs them so much money that they bounce from one hospital to the other doing it. Nobody wants to get in that profession because it used to yeah, be Yeah, because it, it used to be lucrative, and yeah. it's something that... It, you most people don't have the money to pay for the school out of pocket. Right. So you're going into tremendous debt, oh, yeah. which is another issue. <laughs> we, we can talk about another stuff. But that's to get into it. You want to be able to make some money so you can pay that off and live a decent quality of life because it's not like it's a low stress atmosphere no, for them. It's like not. they get rewarded because it's a hard fucking job and not a lot of people can be surgeons. Yeah. Period. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but um. The, I'll move on to the next question because a lot of these are topics you know we could really go into. Right. But this one I want to focus more on like the gun control stuff. Would you consider yourself religious? Um, to an extent. Okay. Uh, I don't go to church. I don't really side with one denomination. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are very religious, and they go to church, they pay their tithes, they do all that kind of stuff. You know, to me, you can have you can have really. You can follow the fact of being a good person, and I think everybody yeah. knows what that feels like. You don't have to be told this it's is a, it's right. It's the golden rule. Wrong. Exactly. Treat other people how you want to be treated. Don't screw people over. Right. Don't be selfish on things, right. and look out for your fellow man. And if everyone did that, you wouldn't need religion. You wouldn't need countries. It really would be like John Lennon's Imagine, but yeah. that's not how humans work. It don't work. But yeah, uh, you know, not not super religious now, but. It, so, but you're not Muslim. You are no. Christian. You believe in the Christian God. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just to clarify, um, not necessarily the Christian God, but definitely, you know, kind of like how you know you can't side with one side more than it. But yeah, definitely with more more than that belief style. Yeah, and like you believe there's one God. Yeah. Okay. And this is just kind of something that came to my mind. Do you think God's a male or female? I don't necessarily think that's even po- I, I, don't, I don't think it's either i think if there is a guy in my mind it's a different thing and why yeah, would it have to be a, a it's gender? not an old white dude sitting in a big chair with the flowing robes and a big white beard that you know they think of but hollywood told me it was Chris. yes yeah, that's what that's what's a family guy <laughs> I, yeah i see it on everything no nah, I, I think it's you know it's got to be so much bigger than that yeah we think on such a small scale when you think of how big everything is in his existence i don't i don't think that's how it works if i were to believe in god 
it would be more of a concept and like a universal truth right. kind of thing, you know, some weird out there shit like science, that. you know, they're, they're showing, you know, how the big bang happened and they talk about everything back and it goes to the, the, the conditions have to be there for this to happen. Correct. And that means there was something before existence. So that, yeah. and there's, you know, they say that that's, that's God, you know, there's some, uh, some pretty cool science coming out of Israel, you know, and those, and those people are smart. So, but they, they put a lot of money into it. Oh, they do. They And they educate their people that they want to do that from a very early age. Oh, yeah. And they groom them for those positions. But the guy, you know, he, he shows, the, you know, he goes through the whole timeline of how the creation of everything happened. And that there was something before. So there's something that created us. Yeah. So that, you know, that is what everybody commonly says. That's God. Yeah. So there there is something that created us. It had to happen that way. Even if it was just... The cosmos, but, but it's something. Yeah, yeah and something to me, there. I look at it as like religion. A lot of the times is a means to explain the unexplainable. Right. And so throughout history, that at points was gravity. That was was the Earth flat or round. Right. That was, <clears throat> you know, what are these constellations or these other linens. planets? Don't, Don't make, wear mixed linens. Yeah, because if you did, some of the linens would retain moisture, and then if you were in the desert at night, you'd freeze to death. Don't eat pork. They didn't have refrigeration then. Pork sours a lot faster. It does. It also attracts more maggots and things exactly. like that. And so, so a lot of there are reasons. But to people, hey, don't do this because it'll kill you. But in 2017, I live in fucking North Carolina. I'm eating pork. Okay. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> I'm eating pulled yeah. pork. That's I had some dinner. last weekend. It was delicious. Pork carnitas nachos I had the other night. Yeah, dude. like I, it's delicious. Yeah. I like pork. It's good stuff. It tastes great. <laughs> it's less filling. I don't no, think I'm, I'm going to burn in hell. You know, I'm not going to be punished for all of eternity for eating pork. So. Maybe purgatory. <laughs> as long as I got pork. <laughs> Porkatory. <Nasty>. But, <laughs> so, obviously, this next question, this is something that I know the answer to, but have you ever fired a gun? Oh, yeah. Yes, several. Have you fired one today? Not yet. I was going to say, that's probably a better early. question for you. It's still pretty early, though. still early. But you've handled one? You've been around them? I've handled them. and shot ever, pretty much everything you can think of. You know, a lot of people... Oh, every, I've shot a little bit of everything, everything from, you know, black powder to modern firearms, machine guns, long range guns, everything. you're a student of firearms. I am. And you like to know the history with them. You like to know what they can do. You like to test their capabilities. I've done design work for a couple of And you like companies. to form your own opinions on yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one thing in the gun industry where you see a lot with, there's a lot of podcasts for guns. And yeah. There's all sorts of YouTube reviews and stuff people like to get into the nuts and bolts of it and how it works and what its capabilities are, what its intended uses could yeah. be, what you could do with it. It's to me, it's the same mentality of people who go on forums for their cars. Yeah. It's like, Hey, what can I do to soup this up and get or another computers. five horsepower? Yeah. Or what can I do to, you know, propane inject my diesel to make this thing go. And it's right. like, it's, it's a tinkerer's mindset and somebody who wants to go in and say, okay, I've got this product, but can I make it better? Yeah. There's a utilitarian side of it. Like, yeah. this is its intended job. Yeah, like, this can, can hunt, this can protect things. me, but what else can it do? Yeah, this exactly. is fun. Yeah. And so, then, what's your experience? How old were you when you first shot a gun? I uh, probably shot my first gun around five years old. Okay. And, so, you grew up in a oh, family yeah. that and I think had weapons. That that, I, and my dad, he took me out with a with a shotgun. He had me shoot a milk jug when I was five years old. And he, I think he thought he was going to scare me away from it. Did he stand behind you or did he let it blow you on the ground? Uh, it was a little pistol grip shotgun. Okay. It hit me in the stomach knocked all the wind out of me, but it was a good time. <laughs> uh, I had an uncle who stood behind me. He said, you're going to appreciate this in a minute. And I was like, why? <laughs> and I think... You know, it's probably eight. 
there's people do that, and, I, and I'm kind of against doing that. The big thing with well, it you is scare people away. You take that. kids and you bring them out to the range, and I have people do it out here all the time. They bring kids out to the range and they show them what a firearm is, what yeah. it's capable of doing, the big loud noise, the fact that when you launch that bullet, you have no control over it after that. You know, it has a mind yep. and a life of its own, and everything it you can said, ricochet off stuff. It. Yeah, and they get a healthy. Um, fear respect. Well, and more respect. Of a respect for a gun. I don't like people to be scared of guns. Fear, fear meaning thing. like I have a healthy fear of wildlife and I, cause I respect them. Meaning right. I'm not going to try and go into their territory right. like during a feeding season or like certain times. Right. You're just going to be smart about it. And same thing with guns, have a healthy respect, have a healthy fear of what they are capable of. Not a fear of them, I guess. Right. Is and more, if you take the kid out, you, you give them the opportunity to see what they are and what they do. They are less likely to pick one up and play with it. They know, Hey, that thing makes a loud noise, puts a bullet hole in something, don't touch it. And when kids are exposed to it and they're like, hey, anytime you want to come out and shoot, we'll go out to the range and have a good time. And, and there's a there's a place to do it. Though. Exactly. The same and thing, you don't drag race on the streets, you go to the drag strip. Yeah. But exposing children to guns at a young age so they know what they are and they know what they're capable of, that stops kids from picking up guns and hurting themselves on accident. And, and obviously not every case, but that it helps eliminate that. Oh, and definitely. Then, so as somebody who owns firearms, but you don't have any children yet, right? No. But if you did, would you do you lock your guns up in your house or how do you my my guns are secured in safes. Yeah, and I kinda figured that would be the answer. And if you had kids, you if you have a gun safe, you probably wouldn't give them the code. No. Unless they got to a you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, right. you felt they were responsible enough to like, Hey, I'm leaving town, I want you to know where this stuff is in case something happens or you right. need to shoot a coyote. And at a certain at a certain age, you know, uh I usually leave at least one firearm. I always leave one firearm out yeah. at night in case we need to. We need to go to one. We know where it is. If I have kids, as soon as they're they're, and a lot of people ask, what's the age limit to come out and shoot? And I say it's a maturity limit more than anything else. Yeah. When I knew the kids, there, there are thirty enough, year olds who aren't mature enough oh, to no, shoot a gun, no, but there are eight year olds who know how to handle it and do right. it. Right. I have a friend of my a friend of mine's kids. You know, they're they're six and eight years old, and they can operate a pistol and a rifle better than most grown men can. Yeah. They're, they're better than me. It. So they know that the, the weapon's in the house. They know where it's at, and if they had to defend themselves, they could do it with it. Yeah. So there's definitely, you know, you have to fill each person out, you know, but I would leave a gun available in the house after a certain point in age. Yeah, okay. And does, does your wife shoot? She does. And is she as... Um, much of an enthusiast about it is she you. enjoys it yeah uh not like me um like she'll come out and shoot with you but it's kind of like a couple where she's somewhat humoring you but also enjoys it herself she, a little bit. yeah and she, she really does enjoy it she has okay. a good time with it for the same reason i think a lot of people you know her background didn't really they, they had guns every now and then they did a little hunting here and there and stuff but she enjoys the skill portion of it like yeah I, and if you enjoy darts you will enjoy shooting a target yeah. it's the same thing just on a much cooler scale yeah and it's really hard to not have a smile on your face after you fired a gun. <laughs> if you don't, there's something you're, with you. you're dead inside. Yep. You're just a little dead inside. Yep. And that's why it's hard for me to listen to people who have not fired guns. That's right. why I ask that question is because you can have an opinion. You are entitled to your opinion. But at the same time, if you don't know what you're talking about, your opinion carries less weight. Exactly. It just does. So. My next question would be, you said you shot your gun, first gun, you said about five, and yeah. pretty regularly up until now, oh, right? Yeah. And you said you're early 30s, so everyone can do the math there, 25 plus years Yeah, of and I've shot, I've shot at least once a week my entire life. I've done a lot of shooting. And you've done competition shooting. Competitive and, shooting, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you have a lot of knowledge and experience on this. Um, is there anything you would like to see done differently with the way they regulate guns right now? And if so, what would that be? 
right now they're trying to go after individual parts of guns and in, in reality that's what they, they usually go for extended magazines or semi they're just trying to get they're trying to whittle away at what you're allowed to have assault weapons ban when clinton the clinton assault weapons yeah. ban they ban collapsing stocks bayonet lugs flash and just hiders. for full um disclosure on this a lot of that legislation came out of some of the uh, shootings on Ronald Reagan and right. was it Jim Brady, I think was his yep. name. He supported that. Reagan supported that. And that was a bipartisan effort at the time. At the and time, so that's right. something a lot of people, they throw Clinton's name in there. And I just want people to understand that in 96, I think is when it happened, right. was a bipartisan effort. And people thought it was a way to make people safer. Right. And that, that was the idea. Correct. Uh, and they banned individual pieces and parts of a gun. Because they couldn't outright ban the gun. Yeah. So no flash hiders, no bayonet legs. Last last time somebody was stabbed with a bayonet in a criminal means was like 1913. It was some guy who was back from World War One. You say it, and now him. you know if it happens, you know where it's going to happen. Florida. <laughs> Florida's a weird place. Dude. It's a weird Slowly place. Sinking in the ocean, and so they they tried to ban all these things, and the ban was a sunsetting ban. It was a ten year ban, and then they were going to track the crime statistics, but. The whole course of it and see how things went, seeing if it had any impact on crime. What they found at the end of it, FBI statistics, you can go on FBI.gov. You can do all the research I have, and you can see what it says. It did nothing to crime. It, it didn't It didn't curb zero. the type of crime they were stopping, which yeah. was gun crime. It, did no, it had yeah. no influence on crime whatsoever. The only thing it actually did was increase crime because people would put together an AR-15 with evil parts on it, and then you just violated the law. So yeah. like any other law, when something becomes illegal, it's going to create crime. If some, It's just a thing that people are already doing. So, but just, you would not say though, that there's no point in legislating anything because, because I hear from a lot of gun people that are second amendment people who say, well, it's not, you can't make it illegal because it's not even going to do anything. And it's like, but that's not the approach we take to drunk driving. That's not the approach we take to, you know, any other means of people dying. If like, Tylenol selling pills that are killing people, we're going to want to do something about that and not say, you know, we need to make it illegal to make pills that kill people. Like, yes, agreed that there are going to be criminals, but at the same time, you have to try and address the issues affecting your locality, state, and country. If if we really wanted to, to stop gun crime, if that's what we were actually going after, it would be done in the people that commit gun crimes, locking them up and keeping them locked up. Yeah, the people who create who are criminals—that is their occupation. That's what they do for a living. You look at the people, and when they catch these people doing doing crimes with a firearm, it's catch and release anymore. They arrest people, they cut them back loose again. They're the same people doing the same crimes again and again. Watch like you know uh, the first forty-eight, yeah, or uh, Live PD, my favorite show in the world. Well, the, they go to the same people to talk all the time because they know who has their nose or their ear to the ground, right. you know. And well, even when they go after this criminal, they're like, oh yeah, you know, there was a guy who shot a girl in the leg. And, yeah. uh, and Raleigh and I seen him outside end up calling the police because I seen the guy anyways um, he had he had shot other people before okay he had been involved in violent crime before and they cut him back loose again if you keep cutting the same people loose again they're going to keep doing the same crime you know it, we've got to find the criminals who are creating the crime lock them up and keep them locked that, up and to me we also have to get rid of some of the really silly laws that burden our prisons Right. With being overpopulated. And also, I just, the rate of recidivism in this country is terrible. To your point, you know, it is the same people. And a lot of the times when they go into prison, they are learning ways to commit bigger crimes. Right. As opposed to rehabilitation in the prison system, it doesn't work. And I think it could work, but it needs to change drastically from what it is. 
and I don't, I'm not saying I have the answers on how they would go about that, but right. I, I personally don't really like them locking up nonviolent criminals, especially right. if it's someone who's selling weed on the corner or something like that. If you're going after the guy who's bringing over, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of this stuff, that's a whole different right. conversation. That's trafficking. You know, that that's different. They're than, not the low hanging fruit that, yeah, that doesn't really like have that, an impact. That guy doesn't need to be in jail for 10 years. Like get that guy into rehab if he's got an addiction or get him in there, punish him because he did commit a crime. But the guy doesn't need to be locked away with these mandatory minimums and things like that. Like maybe give the guy some vocational training or something like that and, and give him a chance to come out and do like HVAC work or go yeah. do something that he could, he can have a skill and people talk about college and people need to go to college and get an education. That's not for everybody. No, it's not. It just we isn't. don't need everybody college educated. Mike Rowe. I don't know if you've ever listened I to I love him. Mike Rowe. Dirty Mike Rowe jobs. is an awesome guy. And, and he, he, he is a stand-up guy, we and need you plumbers. need vocational people. Yeah. We need plumbers. We need carpenters. We need electricians. You need work. HVAC people. You and need people, mechanics. And you get these people now. Everybody blue-collar workers. Yeah, everybody wants to be working behind a computer in the air conditioning and everything else. They talk about making money. Some of these guys I know that do HVAC work and concrete work, they're living nice. They're making good money. They do. A lot of plumbers make really good oh, money. Yeah. You're exactly right because they're specialists. And you go out in the middle of the night to fix somebody's plumbing problem that they don't know how to fix. You're getting paid a very substantial rate because it's yeah. an emergency and it's at an odd hour and it may suck. It may be shitty. Ha ha ha. But <laughs> you've got to go do it and you make some good money doing yeah. it. And people look down on blue collar workers. I have never felt that way towards blue collar workers because that's my family growing yeah. up. Like those are the people like I'm from a middle class family and lower middle class in some sections. And People who work hard, who've been, you know, work on farms, do paper routes, you yeah. know, work in construction. My, work dad, as, my dad's a mechanic. Yeah. He's been a mechanic his entire life. And he worked, he worked seven days a week. I mean. And I, his hands probably look like leather oh, at yeah. this point. And he worked and he, he busted his ass and he saved up his money and then he opened his own shop. Yeah. And then he started working and then he started making more money, but he still works. Because he Six kept and seven days more of the money. A week. But the other thing is people who get into a lot of these professions, they enjoy doing the work right. after a while. And yeah. once and it's again, it's a skill. You learn the skill and you enjoy getting better at it. Right. And I saw a video uh, or video or a picture or something on Facebook of a guy applying for a job. And we talked about welding earlier. Yeah. I don't know shit about welding. I know I need to wear a mask and I know tie, enough to hurt myself yeah, probably. electricity and hot yeah, stuff. And there, yeah, yeah, and outside of that, like, okay, I kind of <laughs> see what you're doing there. But they asked him to do two beads and he, or he they asked him to do a bead and he did too and they said why'd you do two and what's the difference and he said well that one right there is fifteen dollars an hour and that one right there is thirty yeah and like showing the skill the quality expertise and the quality of work yeah. and like you get what you pay for and if you pay somebody who has that skill you're gonna get a better quality of work right. and those people they deserve to make good money they do good work yeah and it we shouldn't look down on somebody who does blue collar work. I, I am not in the, like, I don't think we should still be doing coal. I do think we should try and bring those jobs into the 21st century so people aren't dying of black lung. Like, that's not beneficial. But train those guys who have those jobs in jobs that are going to be, you know, relevant in 10, 15, 20 years and help them get to that point. That, to me, is where the government needs to help, you, is in yeah, job if, training and things like that. Wants, if the government wants to help, the big problem is everybody, you know, using one of our terms, there. everybody looks at the 50-meter target. Yeah. That's that close-range target that's right there in front of you. They don't see the 300-meter target. They completely ignore it. Yep. So 
we, we look real short-sighted on things. Well, this is a solution right now. Well, we could do this. And then and two years down money. the road, you just punted the ball down the road. Yeah. Now you're in a bigger we can storm. If we spend a bunch of money right now, you know, we can, we know, all these different projects, some of them are, are waste of money, some are good ones. You spend a bunch of money right here, but then over the course of the next 20 years, it pays for itself. It makes it life a better place to live, everything else. But instead, they just want to throw money at a problem. Yep. And it does nothing to help. Or they throw money at problems, you know, or they create problems that don't exist to divide people. And yeah. like in North Carolina, we had the bathroom bill, yeah. which is one of the dumbest things because like I get the idea behind it. And if you present to me, well, we're trying to protect our women, our mothers and daughters from predators. And you say that, and I'm somebody who doesn't know much about the topic. I'm like, well, of course I support that. Why would I? Yeah. I don't want predators going after my daughter. Like yeah. that's terrible. But then when you look at the statistics and you look at, this isn't happening. We're right. literally distracting from something that is big. And the time and energy that's put into it and the amount of money that it lost North Carolina and yep. different things, how many people does that actually apply to? It's a very small percentage. Exactly. How much money and time and energy and And how many and how many people did it make yeah, people yelling at each other and going back and forth on an issue that it was creating a solution to a problem that did not exist. Exactly. And that is yep. that's where government bothers me because they spent all this time and money because some special special interest wanted them to create something to either distract or because they care about it and they don't give a fuck what the common person does. Yeah. And the representative, to your point, is in their pocket. It, 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 it's all about distraction. A lot of that stuff is the amount of money and time that was spent on it that could have been used to do things to help the, the state yeah. and the people of North Carolina, which is what the governor should be doing. Right. And then these people that pulled out of events for North Carolina, which cost NCAA, we lost billions on that. Billions. Yep. Uh, being from Charlotte, when they had NCAA mm -hmm. in Charlotte. It was huge money. Even for my dad, who's a mechanic. You think, how does a mechanic make money off of that? There the whole be... economy makes money. Exactly. Off of sales tax, guess put... what? A truck comes down there, someone's tire blows out, their AC goes out, their brakes need he something, their shocks, their struts. There's so many things on a car that go out if you are traveling long distances. Yep. And, and it lost a lot of money, and, and that was a lot of people. And a lot of these companies, did they care anything about that? No. But it got them attention. That's what a lot of it's about is, oh, no. And on both sides, you had people, people saying, well, we support that. But then the other side was, well, we don't want to get shit from people for not supporting it or exactly. for or for supporting it. So we're going to come out against it. And then you had the chicken shit people who just didn't want to get involved. And it, it boiled it, it boils down to the same thing of just do your own thing and don't affect other people. Thank you. But or, and, and, and then so this, this is, again, if you're really trying to create a solution to that. And this is me not thinking very deeply about the topic. Just have individual bathrooms, and then no one gives a shit. Yeah. And that solves the entire issue, and then we can stop fucking talking about it because yeah. it was a dumb conversation from the beginning. <laughs> if you're a girl, go in the girl's bathroom. If you're a guy, go in the guy's bathroom. If I'm... you're a guy who used to be a girl, go in the guy's bathroom. You're a guy now. If you're a girl who's yeah. now, you know, a guy it's... who's now a girl, go to the girl's bathroom. Or if they have these individual bathrooms, yeah. go in whatever the fuck you want. I've pissed in the women's restroom oh, several I... <laughs> times because <laughs> yeah. I've had to pee. And I've had people say, hey, can you watch the door for me because right. I don't want to scare somebody? Or, like, I've never gone into a multiple-seater no, okay. one. That's a different thing. That's good. But the one-seater, like... you on a list. You exactly. And it's like, I'm not shit. trying to... That That's a different thing you're going for yeah. there. Um, but on individual bathrooms at bars and stuff, all yeah. the time, like, if the ladies' restroom is empty and there's a line of guys, we're all like, fuck it, we'll watch yeah. for each other. Exactly. <laughs> and, and to me, that makes sense. But... Um, I appreciate your perspective on all this. We're getting close to the point where we're wrapping up. And something we were talking about very briefly before we started recording, as a veteran and something I think that it, it ties in 
loosely, but I do think it, it makes a difference is there with the NFL, you're not really a sports fan. Not, not really. Like you, you are the type that maybe watches the Super Bowl for the commercials and keeps up on it. And yeah. you, you know the players ish, but you don't yeah. know like all the players. Like, you know, Cam Newton, but you probably don't know the left tackle for the Panthers. No clue. No. <laughs> you don't even probably know who they play this week. No, no exactly. Idea. So your point on it is not coming as an NFL fan. It's more of a, we've talked about your background as Chris, former veteran person with all this experience and life experience. This is how you feel on it. What are your thoughts on the NFL protest? I fully support I fully support everybody's rights, and the freedom of speech is one of them. So, I, I feel like he should be able to be allowed to say whatever he wants to. If he, you know, if he thinks that things are wrong and he wants to bring it out, bring it to attention, you know, being a uh, public figure, he does have a, a larger reach, so a bigger platform. To, yeah, he's got a bigger platform, so he can do that. Taking a knee to the American flag is the wrong answer, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It's disrespectful to the country. Uh, the country that gives him the right to be able to say what he and wants to. And for to provide some perspective on that, and you and I discussed this before, Nate Boyer, he was a Green Beret, I mm-hmm. believe, uh, wrote a letter to Kaepernick and asked to sit down and talk to him and asked him not to sit because he initially was sitting. Right. And he said, hey, that is disrespectful. I don't appreciate that. And to Kaepernick's credit, they sat down face-to-face for an hour, had a conversation, and that is how he started kneeling because that's what was uh, – requested of him so i give him kudos for at least exploring that but then there are other people and again that's your right to not like what he's doing yeah exactly and that's me being able to do what i believe and and have my own opinion that's a great thing about this country you and i can sit here and disagree on something and we don't have to fight over it or shoot each other and being intelligent people we can sit here and talk about it yeah and i can i can say you know i i see your point on that but this is where i'm coming from and you say okay fair enough and we may not change each other's minds no. You don't have to. No, but we don't have com- to leave agreeing on everything. Yep. <laughs> having that conversation, everybody is so divided, and like we were talking about before, they've yep. gotten so split. Where when you're with one group or you're with the other, you have to stand behind everything that that group says, or you're not really part of that group. And I, I always joke with people like, "This is why Trump won," because stupid shit of people like getting so bent out of shape about the color of something somewhere or right. something like that. I'm like, you are worried about the wrong fucking things. Exactly, Kanye West. You're worried about yeah. the wrong things. All right, and. Things like that are, in my opinion, why Trump won. Yep. And people like Kanye West, just because you're wealthy doesn't mean your opinion matters more than anybody else's. Correct. You just have a bigger platform you to are speak from. Correct. And Which can be good and bad at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want him having a gun. <laughs> he has the right to, but I'd prefer he doesn't because he's a little out there. But, I think um, he's got criminal background. I don't know if he's illegally allowed to own a gun. Does he? I think he does. Oh, I'm not sure. But yeah, he's It's uh, probably he's been expunged. Unstable. He has a very... Um, uh, big bank account so he could get a good lawyer and ultimately that's good, what the criminal justice system is really about. I got a good feeling really he about. wouldn't pass the 4473 FBI background check to buy a gun. I believe he probably wouldn't pass that. That'd be a really fun thing to watch. I would love to like <laughs> I'd watch that as a show. FBI agents or like people tracking down his background check. That would actually be kind of funny. <laughs> that's, a, that's reality shows better than the Kardashians. And then so my point to you is you are not somebody who is boycotting the NFL because of that. No, I'm just And not you're not somebody who's boycotting the NFL because Kaepernick's been blackballed, to, in their opinion. And because there are protests and boycotts on both sides of it. And it's interesting to me as an NFL fan, I know what I'm getting into. I know that these guys are getting their brains beat in. I know the fact that we're watching gladiator yeah. shit on a much smaller scale. No one's dying right away. Right, yeah. But they are dying from yeah. it. Let's not kid ourselves. They're in color. They're, some of them are, are coloring and coloring books a couple years later. So. Yeah, somebody who's experienced in multiple concussions. I'm there with you. 
they fuck with your head yep. and they change your brain chemistry. Yep. And it's interesting to me to see what it does to those guys and people willing to ignore that. But right. then all of a sudden they don't sign one guy and people get pissed off. And right. as it a, is a football fan, it is a money generating operation. That's what the NFL is. It owns. Yeah, it's a fucking business. Right. So if they decide that they don't want somebody working for them because they are a bad representative of their company, they don't have and, to. And have they're work. exactly. And I am. They have every right to do that. And if you see, and I bring this counterpoint up because again, I like to play devil's advocate. Tim Tebow, yeah. he did not get to continue playing football. And not because he was a Christian, and a lot of Christians think that. He didn't get to continue playing football because he was a distraction and he probably wasn't going to be the starter. Right. And NFL teams are conservative by nature. The ownership is usually rich, and they end up going in and they have people that they they don't like that. They don't like somebody disturbing their right. status quo. They don't like people messing around with their money more than anything. And so if you have a distraction, whether that be Tim Tebow or Colin Kaepernick, they don't want it. Yeah. It disrupts a locker room. It, it's in their opinion. It right. may, it may not, but that is their right. They're the owner of the business. Exactly. And if you don't you got like a guy it, who's working at McDonald's who's got a 12 foot tall mohawk and people don't like to come in and do business with him, you're not going to have that guy. Because I don't there. want your 12 foot piece of hair in my food. Exactly. You know? <laughs> or, with him, he has the right to protest things. Uh, like we were talking about, I think he's kind of a bad example to be the one doing it. But it's he's, just, an, he's an imperfect vessel. But if you think about it, most of the time, things that bring about change, they're not saints. Exactly. And, and, or sorry, let, I'll let you finish your point. My bad. But, but with him, you know, the argument. That whole argument, and that's one thing where, you know, our side of Black Lives Matter and everybody gets mad about it and everything. It, it's kind of a false argument. If you look at the statistics, FBI.gov, look at all, look up all the statistics. I'm, me and you are more likely to be shot by the police than a young black man. But some of that is just demographics. It is demographics. And, and you, we outnumber any other ethnic group. Right. In the country. You look at all the crime statistics and you look at why people get shot by the police. Yeah. And I try to look at it from a law enforcement perspective and from a shooting perspective. You know, when they bring things up, I, I usually, my argument is, I'll wait until I hear what the forensic pathologist has to say about how this shooting happened. And that's a very um, mature way to view it. And you're not somebody who won't criticize the police that they oh, fucked up. Not. No, I train and so I want, I want that to be clear because you... You work with a lot of police yeah. departments. I, I do a lot of training with them. And police officers, there's two big liabilities in law enforcement. They're driving and they're shooting, and they do not get enough training on either one of them. Yeah. And then they cut them loose into the world. And they don't get paid very much. No, they and don't. it is a very thankless job. It is and especially a hard now job. where people think, well, cops are all beating up minorities and shooting them. That is a very small percentage of the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands right. of law enforcement officers in our country. And it's not fair to the ones who are doing it the right way. The same way, whatever your job is, people thinking you're a dumb fuck at that job yeah. would piss you off. Right. And and the jobs that they're the job that they're having to do, they're having to make split second decisions if they're going home or not. Mm -hmm. You know, so when somebody jumps and pulls a plastic gun from underneath their shirt, they're perceiving a threat, and they're going to do what they have to to save their life. And lives. and that's a situation where somebody with more experience would not react the same way, potentially. potentially. And so, you and I were talking about training, and you know neural pathways and muscle memory and and the more you do something the better you get at it exactly. and the more training you have the better you usually are at it right and i also think that they should put more money into it for training not only because of that but because i think that can weed out people who may not have the mental or fortitude or makeup to be a cop and i don't think i could i think that it would be something i would find myself scared in a lot of those situations 
And scared's not really a good place to be. No, no, there, no, no you're decisions not are made out of fear. Correct. And like we're talking about basing your decisions off of fact or emotion, when you're basing your opinions off of a fear, which is an emotion, yeah, without using the fact behind of it. Like you can be scared of a grizzly bear. Yeah. But if you're scared of a grizzly bear because it can eat you, okay, well, that's understandable. That's different. But if you live in downtown Charlotte and you want all grizzly bears to be gone because one could eat you. Then you're fucking crazy. Exactly. So. That's not a problem you're facing very often. Right. And if so, the thing more than likely is getting hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you're getting killed because you died hitting a you know, thousand pound grizzly bear or something or a thousand pound bear. <laughs> not because it ate you. Exactly. But it, I think it's it's important on that. that do you think that... Do you think people who are boycotting the NFL because of that, they obviously have their right to do that, but do you think that's kind of silly? A little bit. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think boycotting it, because if you're a true fan and you boycott it because either you don't like Kaepernick or you don't like the way Kaepernick's being treated, I just kind of think it's stupid overall because they're still getting theirs. Yeah, they're still, they're still going to get the money they want to. I don't watch football. I haven't been around sports and had have a brother who plays professional sports. Yeah. You know, you start kind of losing a lot of respect for it when you're around some of the people that that, that run the organizations yeah. and that play in the organizations. And, and you've you had know. friends that have played high-level college athletics and are treated and, like shit yeah, when coaching yeah. changes happen and stuff or like that. Or when, you know, the fact that you know, they, 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 they imported this kid just to play a game and then being from another country, he can't work in this country. Can't do anything. He All he does is practice. Doesn't have any fucking family. money. Nothing, yeah. Can hardly afford to eat. Yep. And that's not that's and then can get in trouble if I buy him dinner. Really? Yeah. You taking money from somebody for something. He can't go somewhere and get a like discount. You're not like a sponsor or anything to do with the program, but I guess they can view it that way. Yep. That's stupid. That's that's just another dumb red tape bureaucratic thing in my. But it's more people making money off the backs of you know young kids, and when they, you know they talk about these kids should get paid for what they're doing, I think there should at least be some kind of stipends given to them. A stipend system, and I also would love to see. The kid say, I don't really care about the education because I'm about to go make a hundred million dollars. So I would rather you pay me a salary of 50 grand a year. You can afford that out of the budget of what I bring in. So I can live, I can have a car. I don't have to have another job. I'll put your sponsorship across my chest and I'll go out and play basketball well. Exactly. Or football. And then people are like, well, then you have to pay all the athletes. No, you fucking don't. Yeah. I like, I, I think soccer's great. They don't bring in enough eyeballs, and they don't bring enough dollars to the university. If you bring in enough dollars, then great, but your stipend should be based on what you bring in. Exactly. And then if your sports are paying for, you know, football and basketball pay for the entire universities in a lot of cases. Yeah, your soccer, your lacrosse, and all these other sports are getting paid for by the money generated from your basketball. The sports people fucking watch, and and more than anything, people watch. Advertisers are willing to give you money because people watch, because that's what everything is about. money. Money. Yep. And so it's interesting to me on that with with the boycotts and stuff. But I think it's kind of silly that people boycott it on either side. I think you're more than welcome to protest and you're more than welcome to say your piece. But people who are not fans at all coming in and trying to act like they know what the hell's going on, there's more to Colin Kaepernick being not being signed than just that. Yeah. The guy, I respect a couple things about him and a couple issues I have with him. I'll, I'll mention those. I like the fact that he put his money where his mouth is and he said he was going to donate a million dollars to causes that he thought could help young minority men and women get out of situations and um, education and, com- and community programs. All and so far he's awesome. donated. I, I'm not 100 percent on this up to date, but last I checked, it was nine hundred thousand of the million dollars. He's donated one hundred thousand at a time and he has documented where every dollar went to. 
that's commendable. Yeah, that, that's that's going about it the right way. Correct. My issue with him is then he was asked, I asked you if you voted. He asked if he was voted, and he said no because he didn't like the candidates. However, there were different like referendums and things locally that actually affected the shit he was talking about, and that's where you lose me. Right. Because if you really want to affect change, it is great to speak on your platform. But then go fucking vote and rally other people to vote because you really do change things at the ballot box. Yeah. The polls don't matter. The ballot box is what matters. Yep. And so if you were going to do that, you need to go in and, you know, not put your money where your mouth is, but kind of put your effort where it should be. Yeah. And so I, I respect him on some fronts, but at the same time, and I respect his willingness to take so much shit. That yep. is, he's become a lightning rod. And I don't think that's easy for anybody to do. And I respect the fact that he is willing to stand by what he believes in, yeah. whether he I put, agree with his career on the line. He really did. Yeah. <clears throat> but and then got a million dollar like book that, deal. You get, you get the reaction. If you, if you put yourself out looking for, you know, looking for a reaction, Again, the drag queen in the street, if you're looking for that reaction, then you get you, it. Don't be angry about it. Correct. And that goes to me like on the Phil Robertson shit with like, um, the duck dynasty where he came out and talked about people like not liking gay marriage and not having to agree with it. And I think he's entitled to that. But again, you work for a company and that company is again, ruled by money and advertisers. And if their advertisers are being told by people, we don't like this guy and we don't like the message he sends. That's what happens, bro. And as an advertiser for the NFL in that, right? Same thing. Same. If American express says they don't want that, they are entitled to that because they're paying for it. Whether you like that or not, that is how it works. And so, like, with the Phil Robertson shit, I think he's entitled to his opinion. But, look, man, you stumbled into a hornet's nest and then were shocked you got stung. Well, you are accountable for everything you say. Yeah. You're free to say whatever you want, but you are also accountable to those actions. Yep. But that puts us right at an hour. Um, Chris, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, and I really appreciate you letting me come out here. I hope you think you have been represented fairly. Um, And uh, I just I want to give you the last word, whatever you want to say. Go out and shoot. If you haven't done it, go somewhere. Um, find a range nearby. Find somebody you can trust to take you out and try it. It's a lot of fun. If you see what goes into doing out and shooting, you know, there's people think it's going out and putting beer cans up in the backyard and shooting with 22. And some people do that, and I'm all for that. But you come out to a range, a controlled environment where you see how much work goes into shooting, yeah. how much skills involved in it, especially like long range shooting. I mean, it is science. You got to think about barometric You literally have to think target. of the Coriolis effect and how the earth distance, is yeah. rotating to hit your target. And you know, people who are like, you know, math based or science based in their head, they see engineers this stuff like, love that shit. That's awesome. A lot of engineers love that shit. It is so much fun to do. It is a good time, and you can come out and do it. You can own guns and have a good time doing it. It's like anything else, as long as it's done responsibly. You do it as an adult, and you pay attention to what you're doing. It is as safe as driving down the road. You're more yeah. likely to get hit and hurt in a car accident than you are by a firearm. Yeah. So. The people who base their emotion. Well, base of, their, yeah, I think I think the stat is you're also more likely to like drown in a backyard pool. Right. Well, then the statistics of you're more likely to die of a gunshot wound in your home if you own a gun. More likely to drown in your backyard if you own a pool. You're more likely to die in a car accident if you own a car. Yeah. It all, you know. It's relative. It's relative. Yeah. And you have to understand the source of the statistic and also understand the surrounding factors. Exactly. But, but anything yeah, else out, you want to say, out, sir? Try some shooting. Um, I highly recommend taking professional instruction. If you're going to own a gun, take some instruction. Spend, you're going to spend the money on the gun, spend a little bit of money on instruction. Get taught how to shoot the gun the right way. And then you're practicing good habits the whole time. It'll make you a better shooter. You'll have more fun doing it. Come out yeah. and watch a, a shooting match. It is so much fun. When you start seeing all the things that are done and hunting, taking a family member and going out in the woods and hunting, it's not about shooting a duck or a deer. It's about the time in the woods together. 
you know, and the money that gets put in from hunters into conservation. I went to a Ducks Unlimited banquet the other night, and the amount of money that was raised to yeah. protect wildlands and keep the ability for people to hunt ducks blew my mind. Well, a lot of hunters get unfairly grouped into, like, well, they hate the environment and they hate nature. It's like, that is the exact opposite. Complete opposite. These they, people are, they love those yeah. lands, and they want to protect them. And a lot of hunting is done as a... Um, way to regulate populations it is yeah. yeah and that's why there's a number of tags you can get per season and things like exactly. that exactly and when the government steps in and makes regulations harder to do things that's why the deer population goes out of control oh we'll release this to the control coyotes that. oh that goes nuts now yeah. we gotta release these to kill a lot of times if we just leave things alone let people do it it'll, it'll handle itself but and nature's pretty good at regulating itself it's done it for a long time it's better at it than we are <laughs> yeah better at it than we are well, i'll leave you on that chris thank you very much for joining me no problem and we are out. And the cause I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a ball. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw on the safe. The cellar in the vault. I'm the best the effect in the cause I'm the law. New South Staple, baby, collar green music. Old South Hater ain't no Paladine dudes here. Keep my collar green when the drama seems foolish. Pop a couple drama mean, I'ma keep it moving. Gone. Took another red eye back home. Shindig with my jet, I relax the backbone. Got the sweet tea steeping and my team keep eating pig. Picking all the rabbits, just be deep, deep, deep in. Hog tied, hit a beat, going to a swan dive. Teacher had a float like a lotus to a bonsai. Flow across the motor, that's my motor's up a ronda. Sting like a queen that they showed up on the pawn side. Kaga lag a cipher, up circles a chainsaw. Out of town, the serious who say that we can't talk. Off of my apologies, said with a slight drawl. And I'm using my apostrophe, homie, we ain't y'all. It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller in the vault. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause, I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a ball. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller in the vault. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause, I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a ball. Balls, balls, Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. Slaw, slaw, slaw. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a ball. Balls, balls, balls. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause, I'm the law. La, la.